Today is a breeze blowing, door opening, incense lighting, plant watering day, and I choose to be grateful and embrace the beauty of it all. Today's episode is titled Mini-Sode Number 3, Lessons from a Plant Mama. So, right before winter, uh, in my living room slash plant sanctuary, I probably had over 14 plants and I was trying to grow herbs and veggies in addition to my house plants that are just, you know, here to look pretty and bring in the nature inside. <laughs> and this is, that was, it was probably the first time I had had this many plants and my plant mama skills have been steadily developing <laughs> since the beginning of the pandemic because I had the time to, well, I was in my Zoom class in my dorm and yeah, that's all I had to do. I like <laughs> to have to say myself, I brought the plants inside. And so after all that, I was finally able to come home again. I tended to my plants and I had learned to care for them real good. And I realized that the room I chose to grow the plants in was like muggy a little bit and warm during the day and would start to get really cold at night. And then one day I just start seeing little gnats, just one like flying near the TV and then it would just disappear. And then, you know, you would eventually find it and kill it. And then you would see another one come out, another gnat. And I didn't really think too much of it. It was still the end of spring. It was still warm out. So I was just like, okay, it's like a fruit fly or something. I don't know. But as I'm watering some of my plants and herbs, I start to see these little gnats coming out of the soil. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to just dry out the soil. It's probably just mugginess in there. If I dry it out, it'll be fine. So I dried them out. It was a little heartbreaking because, you know, I didn't want my plants to die and they were looking very thirsty throughout the week. But every time I watered them, I noticed that the flies were still there around their little water tray. And it wasn't like I was leaving water at the bottom after I had watered them. So I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have any pesticides. I didn't want to use any because, as I said before, I was growing herbs and like veggies and stuff like that. So I'd eventually want to use them for my tea or for my food. And so now I was stressing because at the time I had this tray of like a few small pots of, of um, it was rosemary and lavender that were producing flies. And I didn't have any neem oil. And if you don't know what neem oil is, it's like a really good pesticide, but it's like a natural pesticide. And so I kept pushing it off buying the neem oil and then I bought a new plant and then Christmas came and I got like two more plants as gifts. And then my mom gave me one additional of her plants because it was like struggling, holding on for dear life. <laughs> and so I was happy because I had all these beautiful plants in my home. But it was like more plants, more problems. Like the amount of plants I had already had that were starting to have issues I probably didn't need three more plants, but I love plants, so I got three more plants. <laughs> and 
And so I was stressing about how to treat the problem or control the spread and like the flowers were withering in their bad environment because I just I just didn't know. And, you know, when you first start getting plants, you just cut off the ugly leaves because you think if you cut off the ugly, it'll fix the problem and really the plants like need more water or more nutrients or fluffier soil or a bigger container so that the roots can spread out. All of those things. When a plant is in a bad environment, it goes into distress from the inside out until it withers away or until you treat the root cause of the problem. You give it that bigger container, that better soil. You give it water when it needs it. Then those flowers may go through their natural cycles of blooming if that's their season. No matter how much water and good soil you give that flower, if it's in the cold, wintry, snowy winter, you know, it won't bloom or grow because it's conserving its energy for its natural season to bloom. The thing that's different between plants and humans, aside from the obvious, is that within this current society, there's so many micro doses of like everything you might need that we begin to utilize all these different symptom treaters instead of problem solvers. If a plant doesn't have what it needs to, to, you know, look good and feel good, it conserves its energy by you know, withering the, fl- the the blooming flower until it dies. When we as people don't have what we need, we look for it around us because that's how we're programmed. We're social creatures. We look outside of ourselves for, you know, the things that we're, you know, the things we're supposed to have as humans. We're not plants. Unlike plants, we have the ability to tell our minds that we're okay. We're fine. You know, we can get up in the morning and make ourselves look presentable, say that we're fine and that this environment is fine, that I can grow past this root rot, this infestation of gnats, you know, without help because I can do that. But how often is that true? While you may be able to survive in an environment where the cons are stacked against you, Thriving becomes an even harder and unattainable task. You cut off the ugly by distancing yourself from it. But the thing about root rot is that an infection like this that goes untreated only spreads to other aspects of your life. So my mini soul message for today is to start looking at your problems instead of your symptoms. What do you need to thrive in your environment? Once you know the answer to that, you can start building your self-care tool bank so that you can deposit all the nutrients that you need to thrive. Dig deep this week and ask yourself, what do I need to thrive? Thanks for tuning into this mini-sode. If you're interested in booking a coaching session or donating to the podcast, both of those links are in the description. Bye! (music) 